What up, pussies? Welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast, Too Many Jams. I feel like that's that. there's two types of people that have content out there. There's the people that are like, what's up, dude bros? Welcome back to my channel. And then there's the other ones like, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. And I just want to say thanks for being here. And, you know, I like to think that I can I can walk in both worlds, okay? So today was my what up, jamsters. Welcome back to the episode. <laughs> um, I got a lot. Uh, it's a final episode of the year, of 2020. Uh, it's actually New Year's, I literally think, tomorrow. It's early Wednesday morning because I've been grinding on my grind, getting that bag, bread, breading it up. Uh, and I had to work really late last night, but it's Wednesday morning, another 6 a.m. start, fully torqued. I got, uh, oh, I got to get back to that later because you actually, when you get up at 6 a.m., you are fully torqued. It's really weird, but um, uh, I, I have secrets. I've been keeping secrets from you, from my family mostly, but also from you because you would tell my family maybe, and I just couldn't trust you with that. Um, but, uh, we had some big Christmas surprises and I got a couple things, uh, a couple things to talk about in this final episode before new year's new place, new me, new everything. <laughs> Let's go. Okay. Yeah. So 6am, if you've been listening, you know, I've been getting up this whole month. I, uh, committed to this like routine, just getting up early, uh, doing my workout stretch, whatever. And I've been noticing um, when you get up at 6 a.m., like, <laughs> you are torqued. I don't know. Everyone knows, everyone knows about morning wood. It's not new. And, you know, sometimes, yeah, no matter when you get up, you get it. But, I mean, like, I, I don't know if, if changing your sleep schedule or sleeping this way or how I've been living – also changes your hormones or your whatever, but I'll tell you one thing. At night, I'd be fucking, okay? I mean, not in real life. Uh-uh. Not in real life. Let me make that clear. <laughs> in the dream world, I'm I am a like the dream, my dream version of myself right now is getting tons of AS. And um whether I uh, whether I have those dreams or not, um, not wet dreams either. I'm not you know, I'm not just like fucking busting all night. That's uh, that's not what I'm talking about. But I am getting it in, and um, even when I'm not having those dreams, uh, for some reason I'm like, it's the point where, um, I get up and like because just part of my discipline, six a.m. I don't snooze, I don't nothing. I just get right up. I'm like, all right, let's go. And, and I have to stand in my room for like five extra minutes because I nor like you know uh, normally I if you distract yourself you know you can you can uh, the torque subsides but uh, because I'm not really on my phone or whatever I'm just trying to like actually get out of my room and get going 
I, uh, I have to chill there for like five extra mins and you know, all right. Like, what? <laughs> I can't like this. I live with my family. I can't just, you know, I'm wearing, I wear sweatsuits a lot these days now that I'm living at home. Um, but, uh, it reminded me of a fun saying, I forget. I think it was a girl I used to see his brother. So I, I don't know. I can't properly credit because I don't know, but his Instagram and I th- something I think about often. Um, it was, I think it was work hard, play hard, go to sleep hard, wake up hard. And I think it's a sign that I'm following that mantra. Um, so shout out to that. Also, in general, I uh, last episode, I think it was last episode, I gave, uh, I was giving a lot of shout outs. I was appreciating my friends, you know, talking about some good conversations I had and just being in a good place. And I was appreciating the lads, the guys, the bros, but I forgot and... Um, I forgot to mention, I also have a female best friend. Uh, so, you know, she knows, I don't need to say this. We, we, when we chatted, you know, she, cause she listens to the episode. She called me after and, um, she knows that she in the lads is, I just be my, that's like synonymous for my friends. Cause, uh, her and I, I include her in that, uh, we've, we've been having a lot of good, you know, good chats about the sitch and what's been going on. And uh, that actually reminds me, um, a lot of people are surprised about, you know, the guy-girl best friend, and rightfully so, because I also, I have a, a girl best friend, I'm definitely on the receiving end over the course of my life of a lot of, uh, like, miss misjudgments, mischaracterizations. Also, I see all the content out there, like guys and girls can't be best friends. And like, I both agree with that and disagree with it. And her and I have talked about it on previous episodes. Probably next time I have her on, um, we can refresh it because I've been seeing a lot, a lot of content now. Now that all the kids are on talk and they're expressing their, their valuable life lessons that 15-year-olds are learning, they're like, whoa, girls and guys can't be best friends. I'm going to make a TikTok about it. Oh, it's like, dude, age 13 years, all right? I'll tell you things about life, boy. You can. It's just, it, it just you're all so right. A lot of times you can't. Um, girl and guy best friend, how it works is she has a lot of guy friends, a lot of guy really good friends. And um, yeah, a lot of them would absolutely want to date her and sleep with her. Uh, And like, that's the idea that everyone's picking up on. And I don't think that's a bad, like inherently a bad thing. Like she, she knows it, they know it. It's not like some secret. Um, They're like, no, I would totally date you. But like, you know, you, <laughs> it's all good. I'm also just happy being friends with you. And then they, they often reach a point in their relationship when, when things are that open like that, where, uh, they go, okay, I'm, she is actually just my friend. We're not going to date. Uh, and, and then, you know, the friendship progresses with her and me. It was, um, we were young. I don't know, like pretty young, uh, middle school and, 
I think the thing that distinguishes between a friendship and those like weird things that they're talking about, everyone's talking about girls and guys can't be best friends is like the openness and the choices. Uh, you know, I'd say throughout the relationship, there was definitely times where we could have um, like, I don't know, hooked up or whatever. And in like both times or times when like either like I was more down for it or times when she was more down for it, but always at those points, just like the openness of like, you know what, let's, let's actually not, let's not do that. Um, because we have a good friendship and I think those choices along the way are what lead to it actually being a friendship. Um, and like people are always like, oh, because when you have a guy, a girl best friend, especially as guys, you know, guys are always like, oh man, like even like having a female business partner, like just because you're hanging out with guys, like they'll be like, oh, are you hitting that dude? <laughs> and, and you always have to be like, yeah, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> um, and, uh, or they're like, Yoki hook me up. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So on the receiving end of that, and I think it's fine. Like, I think, I think all things are true. Where it becomes an issue with guys and girls being friends is when there's not open openness. And I think that becomes an issue even in relationships, even between like, like guys or same sex friendships where one's gay or like whatever. Um, it's just that openness. Like, I think it's fine for people wanting to tell, like if you're friends with a gay guy that wants to have sex with you, do you have to not be friends with them? Like th this whole guys and girls can't be best friends. Just be like, I got, I, I know I, there's plenty of uh, gay people that I've been friends with along the way that are like, yeah, like I would, I would fuck you or something. And you're like, cool. Ha, ha, nice. Um, like, let's go like, you know, I'm straight, but like love that energy. Like, let's go get a sandwich. Um, same with like her friendships and our friendship. I think it's just that openness that like she's an attractive girl. I'm an attractive guy. We've always been open. Like we're not each other's types. And, and you learn that by becoming close friends with a girl. You're like, like they become kind of like a sister. You see that sister side. Um, and then you realize that it's actually a friendship and you're, you're down with that. And this happened like years and years ago. This isn't like a recent revelation. And then you kind of actually build a genuine friendship and uh, so, yeah, I thought that was cool that these TikTokers are learning the hard way that girls, a lot of the guys that are friends with you want to hook up with you. If you don't believe that, you're lying or you're dumb. And it also doesn't mean you don't, it doesn't mean you have to cancel the friendships, but these guys out there, you're not fooling anyone either. Like it's very obvious to tell which guys are, have what, what intentions. And uh, I think both are true you can also have good friendships and um, we just got to be, be open and honest about it. Um, what else is on my list here? Oh, the secrets, Oh, the secret, the surprise, the, the, the big surprise I've been keeping. So last month, maybe month and a half, I've been keeping a secret and it was a Christmas surprise for my family and it's been a lot of work, but your boy and his mama, Madre, surprised the family with snowmobiles this Christmas. And we actually had, a, all things considered, in COVID, one of like my better adult 
Christmases. And uh, I'd like to thank this new mentality f- uh, uh, in a big part for making that happen because it, it really was the, my mom was a financier, but um, it really was the mentality that, that got it done. Um, and then the results were so good. I finally got to see some, some like risk reward, discomfort, you know, kind of results, things in my personal life, like in real time. So I'll give the lowdown. We, my parents are retiring. Um, it was private a little bit ago as well, but my dad is in the process of retiring and, um, long career didn't, we knew it was obviously coming at like at some point in the next two, three, four, whatever, but we, we knew it was coming, but it, 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 uh, it looks like it's happening a lot sooner. My mom's been retired for about four or five years. Um, and, uh, when she retired, they got a place up North, uh, in Halliburton where she was born and, you know, uh, it was a place where eventually, you know, we use as a cottage, my sister and I and the family in the summers and we have all our fun, but eventually, you know, they'll, they'll retire up there and it's a winter home and a summer home. And it's just, we don't have snowmobiles because it, it seems excessive. It seems like a toy. My parents have always been like, nah, if you want them, you buy them. And I've always been like, no, you don't understand. I'm poor. I spend all my money on my career. You need to buy them because you're going to love them. The family is going to love them years and years. And, and you know, I, I believe that. I truly believe that. It is the thing to do if you're in Northern Ontario, or I guess it's still not that North, but if you're in, you know, cottage country, you got to, you got to at least try it. It is so fun. There's trails everywhere. It's, it's what you can do in the snow. That'd be equivalent to boating or sea doing. Um, and I've been saying it for years with COVID, we were supposed to go to Australia this, um, this winter, this Christmas, my brother-in-law is Australian. They, you know, their family, his family's out there and they visited us before the marriage and for the marriage. And we were going to head out there this Christmas COVID hit, obviously can't do it my mom floated the idea to the family, like, Hey, like we got, you know, we don't know if ski hills are going to be open. If everyone's going to be work from home, maybe we can spend a lot more time up here in the winter. You know, maybe let's get snowmobiles, something, something to do. And I was obviously like, (laughs) yeah, let's do it. Let's great idea. Love the energy fam, love the energy. And, uh, but my dad was, uh, he was like, nah, I don't know. That seems expensive, stupid. Why don't we just rent? for the entire winter and, you know, it was kind of against the idea. So my mom was still for it because we had rented last two or sorry, two winters ago, my brother-in-law and I went for an entire day and maybe had the best time of our winter lives. Could like, I think he said like, that was the best time I've ever had in winter. Um, so my mom was still like, okay, yeah, let's like, maybe let's look into renting, whatever. And I, I just told her, I said, renting once a, a winter makes sense. Maybe twice, you know, sure. But f- renting for a whole summer, I was, I, I, what I was trying to explain is if you have capital, 
you know, you slap it down on some skis, use skis at a good value that have already depreciated, but are still in like good shape. You will lose less money in maintenance and depreciation over like five years than you would renting for an, renting them for an entire one, just one winter. And, um, we did them and I, you know, I looked into the math on it and it was like, it was like nine grand to rent a snowmobile for a summer and for a winter. And I know you can buy a decent snowmobile for around, you can buy one for that. Uh, so, uh, again, it does, it does kind of make sense when you think about when you start factoring the maintenance, the insurance, the trail costs, the trailering, the storage. Yeah. Some people, if you got the money, you just don't give a fuck. Sure. Maybe you rent, but, uh, if you can do it right, I think you can, over time, if you're enjoying the sport, save a lot of money. And uh, so that's, I pitched that, it kind of fell through. You know, my mom was worried, it's it's a big expenditure, and she was not, she did not want, for some reason, like, I was like, I'll I'll chip, like, thousands of bucks, I, I want these two. She was like, no, um, either, like, either, like, it's... Cause then it wouldn't be fair, you know, if the whole family's riding it and like all this, it was, she was like, no, either I, I do it with your dad. Um, you know, you guys pay for gas and your gear and whatever, or we don't do it. So it kind of just fell flat. And, uh, I think about a month and a half ago and I'd already done some research. Like we, we I thought like she gave me, like, I thought we were going to do it when she brought it up and she told me to do some research and I'd line some up. And, uh, but then it fell flat and I, and just like, I don't know, I guess, I guess with my dad's retirement news, I think that's what it was. She kind of panicked again about a month and a half ago and was like, Hey, fuck, he's like, we got to do something. And she came back to me. She said, have you found anything? And I said, I stopped looking because it kind of fell flat. And she's like, okay, well, I mean, if you find something, just let me know. And I, and I just flat out told her, I was like, the way, the way it goes with, this close to the season, this close to like, it's already like late November, mid November. I'm like, I need a go or a no go because I, uh, things pop up and they get sold quick. I need to know whether I'm buying or not. I can't, I can't just be shopping these used things. And, uh, so she, she gave me the all clear, but she was like, you know, maybe just we'll get one. We'll get one. That's what I can afford. That's what I'm comfortable with. And, you know, we'll see how it goes in my mind. I'm very comfortable with the idea. I, I personally, with my money, buy used vehicles and buy vehicles often. I understand, you know, the process and I understand that, you know, it's really, it's, if you buy smartly used, you can save a lot of that scary depreciation. If you do it smartly too, you can avoid, you know, still the costly maintenance and, and the, the lemons out there. <laughs> And you can have a, a you know a good value vehicle that when you're done with it you sell it, and the money you've lost really isn't crazy. Like people think if you're buying a you know ten thousand dollar or like me when I bought my dirt bikes, if you're buying you know a, a, a five six thousand dollar dirt bike, that that's five six thousand dollars gone. But realistically, I can turn around and I, I bought that dirt bike for such a good deal, brand spanking new. Uh, I drove all the way across Ontario to get it. And I've had it for five years now and I could sell it for maybe 4,500 bucks 
probably more because it's in such good shape because I've I've kept it up. So I've really only put in 500 bucks of depreciation and maybe 500 bucks of gear parts, gas. Um, I haven't really had to repair anything. So like you, you can see what I'm saying. Uh, so I was comfortable. I knew that realistically, if you're going to snowmobile, you need to, especially if you're, if you're not, I don't have buddies up there to ride with yet. So it's going to be with the fam. Uh, and you need, you need trailer or storage. Like you need something to put them in, something to move them around with. But, uh, I knew she was uncomfortable and it kind of made me uncomfortable. And I was like, this is a lot of money, especially for, for retiring parents. And I, I didn't want to buy, I know nothing about snowmobiles. I didn't want to buy one that would explode on them and just cost them money and the snowmobiles break often. There's a lot of maintenance issues. So I was actually scared. I was, I was nervous. The, the pressure was kind of on. And she wasn't sure either. And I just clicked in with this mentality that, you know, it's just money. If you do the work, the reward is there. You know it's going to be there. Just because you don't know doesn't mean you can't figure it out. And yeah, it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot of fucking work. Um, but that's, you know, with that mentality, you know, work is, I'm like, good. I'm like, fucking good. That means it's going to be worth it. That means it's going to be. So I just, I kind of threw my mentality at it. And I was like, all right, mom, like, I'm going to do this. You, all, all, all I need from you is, you know, when I need the cash, you get the cash, but I'm going to research everything. I'm going to figure out what to get. I'm going to figure out how to get it, how to let, I'm, like every last detail, put it on me. I got it. And uh, that made her comfortable, you know, enough to, to even start the process. And I just got to work. You know, I, I called it my friends, my family that ride, got some recommendations, watched a bunch of videos, learned how they work, learned how to buy them used, made some guesses on how to trailer them, even though I don't have a trailer and started reaching out to started looking at the values of the ones I was interested in. It was, it was scarce, but started reaching out and like the first guy I called, um, was a stand up dude. And when you buy used, you really, you really want to look at the person as much as a machine. Um, but this guy had a mint like, and I mean like the equivalent to the, the condition I bought my dirt bike in just one of those guys that just kept it perfectly stored, no rust, perfectly lubricated, maintained, new uh, new parts on it, all the like just and just such a nice dude was the first guy I reached out to, and I was like, wow, that was lucky. And you know, I went to my mom and I'm like, listen, this guy's out out by London, I can scoop. She's like, do do it. All right, so I I was like, all right, man, I'm gonna buy it, and. He's like, oh, you know, I don't know if I can sell it though. I, I just, I had it listed, um, and I figured if I could get, you know, what I have it listed for, I would go buy a new a new model. And he goes, but the, they've been selling like hotcakes because I guess because of COVID or because of the snow coming, everyone's been buying skidoo's. And he's like, I don't know if I can sell it because I can't go without a machine this this winter, and the dealer has none for me right now. It's like fuck. Already, already a, a hitch in the road. So I just said, no worries. Let me know. No rush. Just if you're going to sell it, sell it to me. I, I would love to buy it. I made a relationship with him. He he wanted to sell it to me. He knew it was a surprise for my family. So he he got to work 
I got to work finding a replacement. Found a found a replacement. My my idea was I wanted to get one four stroke, one two stroke, one kind of perfect, one kind of with a little bit of durability to it because a lot of my family is new to riding. And, uh, you know, I found one of those more durable four stroke, a little bit older, a little bit more affordable and, uh, reached out to the guy must've been so annoying for these guys. I know nothing. So I'm asking all the questions, such a noob, clearly new to it. The guy nicely answers. I, I don't know if he's ridden this thing to shit. He's a 28 year old guy from, you know, from out by Kitchener. Looks like he's got the toys and. I, I didn't know, but the price was right. And there was only two four strokes of the variety I wanted available and, or only one, sorry. I didn't know about the second. And, uh, he, he hits me with a, okay, like come on down this weekend. Um, but I couldn't make a deposit cause I really wanted to inspect it first. And the way things were selling without a deposit, the guy sold it in like the three, four days. And he, he kept me in the loop. He's like, Hey, someone's coming down to see it you know, unless you want to put the deposit down. I was like, listen, I can't, I have to, I, I had to come see it because I was so sketched. And he goes, but no worries. My friend is actually selling um, almost an identical sled. We're both selling because we're not riding anymore. He bought a house and got married and shit. Uh, and uh, he goes, it's on Kijiji. I'm surprised you haven't seen it. It was listed in a different way. It was listed under like cars and vehicles instead of, I don't know why I didn't see it, but I, I uh, got his number and I found the the posting and it was actually more to what I wanted. Um, I just kept chugging through, got in touch with him, um, was able to get down there and check it out. He was really helpful. And I got down there with my trailer, rented a U-Haul. I have no idea, but sleds just, they do not work well. They like, they, they work perfectly in snow on cement and steel slip and slide absolute slip and slide on, on concrete and steel i didn't know this trying to load this sled into this steel u-haul was crazy they're so heavy they're so scary <clears throat> it's a sunday i'm coming home with this thing i'm talking to my mom my dad's at home he's he's no idea where i went i just said i'm, I'm off doing music shit it's all like a secret only my mom and i know about it and i'm like i gotta throw that i gotta put this in storage somewhere i, I didn't even know where to put it I just figured like I could throw it in a storage locker. They're mostly closed on Sunday. Also, it's COVID. Everything's limited. And so I told my mom, I was like kind of panicking. I was like, yo, just like get, can you get a storage locker for me by the time I get back? They'll all be closed. So I need you to go there today. Find one that I can drive up to like an outdoor one. So I can just back this bitch in there. And uh, so she does it for me. I pull up to this place a couple hours later because I'm driving in from out of town. And it's not looking good. It's an indoor unit, but like there's a garage door to drive inside, but it's so tight. And uh, I'm like, I'm absolutely Austin powersing this like car and trailer into the unit, like just back and forth, back and forth, barely able to squeeze down this one driveway. Uh, I get to the unit and it is not, it cannot fit a snowmobile. And like, I like my only instructions to my mom were like, just one I could drive up to that's bigger than five by 10. Cause a snowmobile is about a little over four. It's like four by nine and a half. So like, as long as it's five by 10, 
I should be able to back that thing right in there. It was five by 10 with an L curve, L shape to it. Like no way. And it was drive up, but yeah, like in, inside this really tight drive in and I'm fucked. I think we, I think we're fucked. Like, I think the surprise is ruined. Like I have no idea where to put a snowmobile in the city. Um, then this, uh, this beauty, I think, I think there was a guardian angel in there, a, a storage angel, Ed, just, just as like lingering around and asking a bunch of questions. And I'm just like, dude, like, I'm just trying to figure this out. Like, <laughs> but he just stuck around and he was like, it's not like the whole time he, he's at, he actually held the garage door for me while I was awesome powersing it. And I couldn't even get in the building. My code wasn't working. He opened the door. So this, this guy, Ed was just helping me. And he's like, listen, he's like, it's not going to fit. And I'm like, thanks, Ed. Like, thanks for having you around. He's just like sticking around. I get my mom to, to drive over. She calls the facility. The lady there, even though the facility was closed, answers. And she's like, there's an open one, but it's at the end of a hallway. And I'm looking, I'm looking down this hallway. It's just as wide as a snowmobile. I'm sketched. <laughs> so I'm like, we have no choice. Let's just try. Fire up the snowmobile indoors trying to back it down the steel trailer. Sparks are flying. Because the snowmobile, you think it has rubber underneath it? It's got rubber studded with steel spikes. And under those plastic skis are steel carbide. So it's just like sparking, spinning, gets down the trailer, tears the fuck out of the concrete, um, smoking up this indoor place. They're, they're just loud and smoky. And I'm like, oh, it, normal me is thinking I've bitten off more than I could chew. New mentality me was like, good. I was like, I want this work. Um, I just, I was just psyched to be there. And I was like, let's just drag it. Shut it. I couldn't, I, I didn't want to tear up the concrete anymore. I was like, shut it off. We'll scrape it. And Ed, this random dude is just helping me and my mom pull it down this hallway, scrape it down this hallway. We put it into the storage unit. We get it locked up. It still made a scrape in the concrete the entire way, but just not as bad. Three scrapes versus like <laughs> the spinning scrapes. Get it in there and uh, lock it away. Drive across town, drop the trailer off, get home. Dad, dad none the wiser. And I'm just sitting there soaking. Like I'm like, that's how I actually want to spend a Sunday. You know, as much work as it was, that's how I want to spend a Sunday. Like that's living. Now I got a fucking snowmobile in, in a storage locker near me. And I was just kind of psyched up on it. Also hilarious, hilarious working with your mom because you know how moms are like scared for your safety. So I'm going out to meet this guy. I'm a big guy myself. I'm a capable guy myself. I'm sure when I go to meet with people on Kijiji, they're just as nervous as, about a guy coming in as, as me. You know, you, you, you do your due diligence. You talk to them, you get their name, you get their address. You know, you, you look it up. You, 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 you do whatever you can to be safe because she heard that one story about the one guy who sold their truck on Kijiji in Ontario and got killed. And she's freaking out. And she's like, how, do, how am I going to know? What's, like, what's, our, what's our safe word? She like she's freaking out. She's like, I, I I need you to be on the phone with me the entire time. It's it's actually so much more stress than the, the stress of maybe getting murdered by this guy. Is like having your helicopter mom hovering. And uh, I get out there. And she's looking at the the address on Google Maps, and it's it's a turkey barn. It's like a big 
barn in the winter they use it for storage of vehicles and shit but out in the middle of farm country kitchener she's freaking out she's like you're gonna die and she's like i need you to text me like right away like all this shit i'm like i'm like hey like yeah i appreciate the nervousness but like you're like you got you're stressing me out i gotta buy i gotta inspect a snowmobile i know nothing about and keep myself safe like like literally i was like fuck off i was like you gotta fuck off she's freaking out i just hang up i'm like it's gonna be okay pull up to this guy, go through the motions. He's obviously, he's alone too. He's not there to kill me. I, I, I look around, I get the gist real quick. Um, and I text her that it's all good. Thinking that that's enough. I'm like, it's all good. Um, I was like, if you don't hear from me, you know, check in. And uh, she's like, I'm trying to talk to this guy. I'm trying to inspect the sewing machine. She's blowing up my phone blowing it up she's like all good all good what if he made you say that he's like call me she's like call me call me call me i need and like blowing up my phone i'm like oh my god i had to t- i had to tell this guy i'm like listen dude i'm so sorry it's like my mom is blowing up my phone i tried to take the call i'm like and she's like are you okay she's, she she had a safe word she's like say the safe word say the safe word i'm like holy shit i t- in front of this guy say the safe word which was clearly a safe word like it was like like imagine if just in front of a guy you say something like grapefruit like it, it was so embarrassing but very funny uh calmed her down and believe believe me the next the next couple times i left i i had to like beforehand i was like you ain't you're not doing that to me again as i sent her my iphone location i was like you know exactly where i am i'll check in in 20 25 it's like, you don't, you don't fucking blow up my phone. If I die, I die. I'd rather that than the stress of what just happened. Um, but yeah, the rest, the rest of, uh, I learned my mistakes. It's not really easy to haul snowmobiles. U-Haul doesn't have a trailer that can haul two. I realized I had to buy one. Trailers were selling like hotcakes. My buddy that I called, or that guy that I called first with the pristine sled finally got back to me. He goes, oh, like, one popped up at the dealership. A guy, a guy didn't come to pick it up. I, I was able to lock it down. So I was like, wow, that's coming together. Um, my mom started getting more comfortable to the fact of getting to and getting a trailer because she, she was, you know, she was getting more comfortable the same with, you know, going through the motions and knowing that we could pull it off. And uh, yeah, we went through and it was a fiasco. That's when I crashed my car. If you heard on a previous episode in a parking lot, it was buying snowmobile stuff, trying to keep it a secret. Um, that's why I was so stressed. When I went out to pick up the trailer, the trailers were selling like hotcakes. Like everyone's buying shit. They would go up 15, 20 minutes later, they would come down. Somebody would make an offer. Like you had to move. Finally, like I was getting up early. So I was checking first thing in the morning. Some guy just had his number. He's like, don't text or email, just call me. I called. Once you get a guy on the phone and he's a nice guy, you're like, holy shit, like, thanks. I'm like, please don't sell it on me. I'll give you what you want. You know, uh, and he was a nice guy. So he's like, all right, you're the first one to call. I'll lock it down for you. You don't need a deposit. Come down this weekend and pick it up. And uh, funnily enough, that guy, I went out to buy that trailer and it was near Prince Edward County, kind of like near Port Hope, Coburg, in between the two. Uh, And... I get out there and he had a unique last name. I remember I was out there. I met it like his family's out there. Like you pull up to their, they're kind of like farmstead and uh, his son's working on a truck. He's got a horse walking around, a, a cute little dog. And I'm just chatting with them. You know, also I learned a lot 
about just how different country and city people are just by doing this and how like painfully obvious I'm a city person. Uh, just the way I dress. The f- I mean, I'm pulling up in like dyed hair sweatsuit, but just the way I talk, the way I dress, it's so obvious. And cause these people, they know about snow machines. They know about like what's normal to them is like hauling shit, working on stuff, having, you know, trailer snow machines and, and for me, like, it felt like I was on Mars, like, doing all this stuff. And it, it was so clear. And I was just ob- honest with them. I'm like, yeah, I'm a city guy. It's like, it's a surprise for my family at their, you know, country retirement home. They're super receptive, super nice. And you end up just, like, chatting with these people on their farm for, like, 45 minutes. You know, asking about their horse, talking to, talking about where they ride. And, you know, they're asking what you do for a living. And, you know, you realize that you have a lot more in common. And it was just such, it was it was actually... It was a really nice experience and it just made me appreciate the discomfort even more of the situation and the work. Like this is me going out on my weekends, uh, doing the, like calling every day. Like, it was really biting into my work and my routine, but uh, I was just grinding because I knew it was life, like good, good life, good enjoyment could come from it. And um, I remember as I was leaving, I was like, you know what? I know that name from somewhere. And I was like, I went to camp with a kid that had that same last name. Uh, it was Yo, Y-E-O. And I was driving away. And as I was having the thought, the guy called me and he goes, oh, I think you might have left a bolt. Just make sure you check the, this, this certain bolt on your hitch um, because it could also be for my tractor, but I just found it in the driveway. And I was like, no, I'm pr- I checked. I was like, I have mine. But... I just wanted to ask, like, do you know, like, a Justin? Do you know Justin? Yo. And he goes, yeah. He goes, my son. My son's name Justin. I go, I go, did he go to a camp, Madiba, when he was younger? And, like, this guy, like, he goes to his wife. He's like, hey. He's like, Veda, did Justin go to camp, Madiba? And he's like, yep. She's nodding her head. Yeah, he did. I was like, shit, I went to camp with your son. I thought that was wild. This, I, this, this kid I, I went to camp with, who knows, man, like, 13 years ago for one summer and I'm so bad with names like brutal brutal with names and I just happened to remember his first and last and um and the guy was like yeah he's like that was my son that was working on the truck he was there the whole time you idiot and I was like well what a small world I thought that was cool um so I had a trailer there was worries that it was the only trailer I could find and honestly there was worries that the sleds I bought wouldn't fit. I did call the dealership. I did some measurements. I did some research online and all I could find that it, that it looked like it would fit, but it'd be a fucking tight squeeze. So the final day, this was also right before Christmas. I have a trailer parked in my house in Leaside, massive trailer, uh, just like so obvious it out of, out of place in Toronto, in a Toronto driveway. I have it chained up cause I'm worried about theft chained and like hitch locked. If my, if my sister or brother-in-law drive by, if any of their friends drive by, I was so worried that the surprise would be ruined, got through it. And on Wednesday before Christmas, two days before Christmas, the 23rd, um, I got my buddy to, I bought a bunch of tools to help me like hoist the snowmobile out of storage. I got my buddy, Dave, shout out Dave Lay for being an absolute legend to get up early on his day off on the Wednesday, the 23rd and help me pull it out of the storage took us an hour and 45 minutes. The tools I bought to drag it out of storage did not work. They were 
nowhere near big and heavy duty enough to lift. I guess I bought some absolute real deal, like performance heavy machines or like full size machines and they couldn't do it. I couldn't fit the trailer because I bought a bigger dual snowmobile trailer inside. So the only thing we could do is I bought these wheels that go under the front skis and we dragged it out of the storage locker lifting the rear end up the two of us so heavy um back to you know at least the garage door i put these wheels on it because it wouldn't fit through the hallway with the wheels on and i drove it <laughs> all the way through the storage facility with the wheels on the front all the way outside it took us an hour and 45 because we assembled like i had to get up at like 6 a.m uh and assemble like this like snowmobile dolly and wheel set the dolly didn't work at least the wheels did get it out so hard to load these snowmobile trailers. Like they're so complex. They tilt the whole trailer tilts and they're rickety. And like, they're so it was just like totally a grind for Dave and I. Um, and the, the, there was a spare tire that came with the trailer. My buddy Dave unloads it and he puts it, he leans it up against the building. We forget it there. Finally get it loaded up. I'm on my way. Uh, out, out to, to buy this other sled out by London. So two hour drive and my dad's calling me and he's like, he, you know, he's trying to figure out when I'm going to be driving up and he wants me to do something for him in the city. I'm already hauling a secret sled out to, to London. I'm, so I'm gassing this guy's calls. Uh, and I was worried that the sled I bought in London, which is longer, wasn't, wasn't going to fit. So it was all, this was all like a big fucking massive nightmare get out to the guys in London immediately. Uh, he's like, Oh, I'll check out the trailer. He's a really nice guy. He, he it was really helpful too, um, in getting some information. He's like, Oh great. Did it come with a spare? I was like, yep, it came with a spare. And I was like, I fucking left the spare at the storage facility. <laughs> I had to call my buddy Dave to drive back to the storage facility and get it, get it. Um, luckily it was still there. The, um, the, Loading process when you when you know what you're doing, like this guy has like I pulled right up in front of his house with his driveway. He's got the the wheels underneath his sled. Took five minutes. Like when you knew what you were doing, like the guy just wheeled it out. We we put it on the the put it right up against the trailer. Just rolled it right up. It was <laughs> all good. Took five ten minutes. So shout out Dave and I for taking an hour and forty five. Um, also, we didn't have the right tools, so. He had the right uh, equipment. The thing fit like a glove. It was tight, but it it fit. And then I then embarked on my four and a half hour drive from outside of London up to where my parents' place is. Still all in secret. Um, and uh, I I drove. By the way, I'm exhausted. This was a fourteen hour plus day. Um, 6 a.m. I get up there. I get up there at 7:30 p.m. and my my parents and my or my dad and my the rest of my family have no idea. I got permission from the neighbor to park it on his property, and uh, so I pull up, pat, like drive past the cottage. They can't see the, the way the road goes. I park it in the neighbors in the dark. It takes me 35 minutes to because it's snowy up there now. Um, 35 minutes to kind of maneuver it on this like little parking plot he has, get it locked up, get it chalked up. 
and there's snow and it's kind of a hard, tight space, slipping, sliding. Finally get it locked up, get up to the cottage, <laughs> have to like surprise, but I'm like, surprise, I'm here. And he goes, oh, I didn't know you were coming up today. Why wouldn't you answer my calls? And I was like, oh, you know, just lies, um, lie right to his face. And uh, the next day I I have to, like, everything's kind of shutting down because of COVID. I had to go to Service Ontario and switch over the ownerships of all three, like the trailer, the sleds, and all all in secret. So like my fam- my sister and my brother-in-law drove up too. So I had to like find excuses to like get out there. I also had to go to Canadian Tire to buy some final, you know, helmet, uh, gloves, shit. And uh, my, my, the, the way the snow fell, I, I realized I couldn't actually haul our trailer up the hill to our cottage uh, to surprise them on Christmas day. So I had to get creative. And um, I had also bought for my entire family, these matching sweatsuits from Eli Brown, his company shine the light on. They look dope. I'm wearing them in the video. If you're watching that. And I got creative and I said, um, I said to my mom, how we're going to do the surprise is I'm going to part of my gift. Cause we did a secret Santa. So my gift for the one, my brother-in-law who I had for a secret Santa was going to be a few things, but then I bonus went up, you know, you, with secret Santa for Christmas, you obviously just, you just f- forget it and you buy stuff for your whole family. I got these tracksuits for the whole family. I said, part of my gift for the whole family, I'll say is a family photo. I'll bring up my professional like photo gear and I'll say that I've picked out a spot. We can wear our track suits. And if you follow me on Instagram, you actually saw the results of that photo. But I, I said, I'll get them. I'll say that I found this great spot on my, on the neighbor's property to take the photo and we'll walk down and do it. So we did our Christmas surprise. There was a lot of Christmas surprises while we had a good one. My mom got surprised. The, the, the lady never wears nice clothes. She never treats herself. She never goes shopping. She's like absolutely selfless in that department. And she made a joke a while ago that she's been looking for a certain coat, a certain type of coat and couldn't find it anywhere. Um, cause it was cheap. It was a cheap coat. It was like some H and M or Zara. She just liked the style as her favorite style, but couldn't find it anywhere anymore. And she made a joke to my sister, my dad, I forget who, um, she's like, I found it, but I found it and uh, she found a coat in that style, but it was like from the UK. It was like a couple thousand bucks from like a nice UK company. And, uh, uh, well, basically I guess my dad secret surprised her and him and my sister teamed up. Uh, and I knew leading up to Christmas, it wasn't a, it wasn't a surprise to me, but as a surprise to my mom, they got her this awesome jacket and she was surprised um, cause she literally does not like, she, she was like almost sick. Like she does not treat herself to stuff like that. Meanwhile, she just dropped so much. She just bought all these snowmobiles. The family doesn't know. And, and she gets a surprise at Christmas and she's like, I can't believe you guys spent this. Like she was upset almost, but like very happy. And it was really cute. I got it on camera. So she got a nice pair of like hunter boots and this cool looking coat. And she looked amazing. Like She's in her 60s and she she looked like she was 40, uh, the way she was dressed up and styling and she deserved it. Uh, but then I also got surprised because my dad and mom, 
uh, surprised the family with cross-country skis. I've never been so like, I'll get to that after. Um, so that was a surprise. And then I said, Hey, I'm, I'm going to do my surprise, which is a family photo. Um, put on your sweatsuits. We started going for a walk and the whole family gets down. It's beautiful. We got lucky. Like if, if it wasn't beautiful out, I think my parents would be, or my, the rest of my family would be suspicious, but we're walking through the forest now and it's down this road is really nice. And I just said, Oh, like I, I was, when I was, I, cause I told them they had noticed that I had been missing early in the morning. It's cause I was getting the snowmobile surprise ready. I put a banner across on the inside of the trailer and, uh, yeah. So I, I, I said, Oh, I was scoping the place. And I was like, I noticed the neighbor had, you know, snowmobiles and uh, cause he does, he has his own, um, in, in trailers. And he's like, that's kind of like an area where he parks his toys. So I, uh, I was like, yeah, I was checking out. I think he got some, I got another trailer and I, and I was like, I actually want to see what he has. And I like walked over and my family, so this is where the surprise is. My family was like, no, 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 get off there. Like he's, he might, he probably got cameras and stuff. And I was like, no, I was like, no, no, no. He, he knows, uh, you know, I told him, we, I told him we'd be snooping around for this, uh, for this photo. And, um, they're like, no, no, but they're like, get, get away from his trailers. I'm like, I'm like, let me just look inside. I was like, relax. And they're like, no, they're, they're actually getting mad at me, but I had to do it for the surprise. So I went over and I popped the front hatch, which is just like, kind of like a window inside. And across is a banner that says, congratulations. It said a surprise. Cause I put up the wrong fucking banner. <laughs> I had both in the bag and I guess I didn't even look cause I was in such a rush. And they're not looking inside because they're just looking at me and they're nervous. They're like, shut it. They're like, shut it. I'm like, guys, look inside. I was like, just look inside. They, they walk over, they see the sleds, they see the banner. They were surprised. It was all worth it. Um, I thought my dad was going to be angry because not angry, but just like upset just because it was, you know, my mom spent a lot of money on it and it is more work and a bit of a risk. But just seeing the surprise of my brother-in-law, who I know he had such a good time last two years ago, sorry, when we did it. And my dad was really shocked. But then immediately was like, can we get these fuckers out? And so it, it, honestly, it was all that work just proved my point that, that living life as well as work gets better if you apply discomfort and discipline. And it's a weird example because yes, it took some money and I was fortunate, like I I was fortunate to have a mom that was willing to take that risk, um, for the family. And I'm so grateful for that. But if I, you know, if, if the work wasn't there, it's like, if I didn't absolutely just make it so that the only thing she had to do was give some of her savings to me, it, it wouldn't happen. So I do credit the the mindset for taking that risk. It was worth it. My dad literally sat on that thing for like the next, well, we did our family photos. We went upstairs and, uh, you know, s- settled a little bit. And then, and then we went back down. I unloaded them. He literally sat on that thing for the next hour. Like we were, like, cause I was doing other work, like unloading the other stuff, teaching people how to ride. I brought the empty trailer up and he was, he literally just lived on the thing, was just going up and down. And, uh, it was dope. Like 
the trails weren't open, but the snow, the streets around us on our property were still covered in snow. And, uh, oh, just fucking great Christmas surprise. One for an adult, we haven't had surprises like that in a while. Um, it's been mostly, you know, clothes and socks stuff. When you're 28, my sister's 30 and, uh, some alcohol, but we did it. (laughs) I think there was some, we, we were already planning to, to go to Australia. I think we all had kind of money set aside for that. And so this was honestly probably the cost of the Australia trip. Uh, and we just put into, to winter fun. So cool. And the, uh, the skis, I don't know if you've been cross country skiing, but that shit will humble you. Like if, even if you're a skier, um, very, <laughs> you fucking fall. We all ate shit. My dad ate shit, hurt his wrist. My mom fell like 10 times, like face plants. But we just, we spent like two days just going all over the place on these. It's like running on snow. It's way better than snowshoeing because you glide. Um, so it's more like scootering or maybe even biking, but not as fast. Total sick time. Um, one of the snowmobiles I bought, as I said, was like mint. It's a total, like I bought one that, because I figured I would always be the one riding for the most part, like me and my dad or me and my brother-in-law. And like rarely it would be, you know, maybe my brother-in-law and and uh, maybe one of like him and my sister's friends, if they had friends up or one of my dad and his friends, but my dad's friends up there ride. So whoever the more experienced guys would, would hop on the machine that I got kind of for me the thing's a piss missile like it is it is a full like race trail hybrid like mountain trail hybrid it fucking goes this thing is i I went down a hill um and then back up wheelied the whole fucking way like this thing i uh i'm psyched so if anyone out there rides in the kawartha or or Huntsville, Muskoka area. I've already been talking to a few boys, getting some rides going this summer, but uh, I'm jacked up. And uh, yeah, just just cool all around. I wanted to, that last episode, so I did my year recap, my New Year's recap last episode because I knew this surprise was coming. And it was, uh, it was a long story. Like obviously like uh, took up most of the episode, so I wanted to save it for uh, for this epi, uh, to close, to close it off last episode, uh, I, I finished the podcast with a totally random thought. I I just had, I had it written down to appreciate, um, Koreans. (laughs) Like I I explained at the end of last episode, I'm not going to restate it, but I just, I, I just had some good experiences in my life. And I was just psyching up Koreans. I was like, you know what? Dope, dope people. No lie. I'm listening to Joe Rogan on the way back from up north yesterday. And in his episode, they do the same fucking thing. And this is twice now it's happened with when I talked about people fat shaming, um, when celeb or sorry, skinny shaming when fat celebrities get in shape, they are health shaming. Joe Rogan did right after, or he could have done it before, but I heard it after. And this one, same with the Koreans. And either I'm listening to too much Joe Rogan or I'm now on, I've been podcasting enough that I'm, I'm now in tune with the wavelength 
of what's going. I'm now in tune with what Joe Rogan sees, and he sees that Koreans are fucking a great culture as well. I thought that was hilarious. Um, oh, the 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 other thing on my list was um, the I talked about last episode about discipline on vacation and and like how I'm going to do it and how I'm going to try it. Cause I had been disciplining and, and following a routine when I'm at home, uh, doing my work, but I, I just didn't know how it was going to apply to me on vacation. I knew I wanted to be different even on vacation. Like I'm going to allow myself to enjoy life. But as I said, with the whole snowmobile story, like I want my life enjoyment to be the, including the work required to kind of live, to also play exceptionally, you know, the, the, the work of finding those machines, but also you know, maintaining them and, and like every time you got to go, f- you want to go for a ride, you got to top up the fluids, check it over, maybe even jumpstart one if the battery's dead, tilt this trailer, usually need help, unload them. It's like, it's a, it's a whole fiasco. Or if you're going cross-country skiing, you know, getting suited up. And I I wanted my my vacation time to be exceptional too. It didn't go poorly. I I, I, I was, I tried to just be a yes man when it came to like the work at the cottage, you know, if someone was cooking, I'd help make a fire. Yeah, I'll do it. Um, get, make a drink. I'll make some drinks, go shovel or go like get something ready or like just participate or like play a board game or set up the TV for the family. Like I, I became a yes man because I didn't have a routine or an idea of what that life would be like, but it still wasn't that great because I was a yes man, but I wasn't seeking. I wasn't creating the experiences as much as I wanted. I didn't think to cook anything or like really think to make cocktails. Um, or like, you know what I mean? Like, and I still slept in and I, I still, if there was nothing going on, I would surf my phone. And I think there's room for that, but I do think that I have to take a bit more of an active approach to not, pl- I'm not going to say planning my vacation, but like thinking about stuff I want to do all the same the night before, you know, you plan your work, but what if like the night before I, I planned that I also needed to do some work up there, which I didn't do, which is why I'm grinding now doing this in the morning. Um, and having to like potentially grind for two, three days straight in the city just to get back up and enjoy, uh, um, uh, some final bits of vacation. Who knows though? <laughs> That was a gross snort. Um, yeah, so I didn't do the work that, like that work. So I figured, you know, b- being more proactive about being like a balanced guy up there. You know, the, the night before, no matter if you're drinking or partying, you still say, you know, I got to do some work tomorrow, and I want to go snowmobiling and go for a ski if I can't, or a skate on the lake. Maybe like shovel, shovel the patch, see how thick the ice is. Like pick some some fun activities you want to do. And then think about the work you got to do. And then, then you, you kind of have a plan even on how you're going to vacation. Well, uh, so I'm going to give that a try again. I don't know if I'll be able to go back up and vacation because I got so much in the move in coming, but, uh, if I do that, I'll try that. Or if I go up, you know, a couple weekends from now, um, I'm going to just going to try ripping that. Even if I was like going to Mexico, I'd try rip that. So that's pretty much, I'm looking at my, Looking at my list, that's pretty much it. And um, 
oh, I wanted to talk about the Nashville explosion and some other stuff. I'll talk about it later. I, I really don't know what happened there. There was a Nashville explosion. If you don't know, Google it. Some RV blew up next to a communications building in Nashville. And it's so creepy how it happened. Like it had like the purge vibes to it, like a loudspeaker going off being like, if you can hear this, evacuate, like so whack shit, really whack shit. I want to look into it more. Um, otherwise that was a bit of a long one. I don't know if those stories are interesting for you to listen back to because a, I'm guessing a lot of people don't give a fuck about snowmobiles, even though I do or vehicles, but I thought I tried anyway. Next episode, I should be full, not fully moved in, sorry, but I'll be in a new place. And I'm excited for that. I'm excited to start getting guests in when I don't live at home and set up a studio with decoration. Um, by the end of by the end of January, I will be fully moved in, have a home studio set up, and hopefully we'll have some dope guests lined up. I have them lined up in my mind and some friends that have reached out as well that I want to have on. Um, But it's going to be, I'm just psyched. So thanks for listening. Let me know. Um, You know, I've gotten some feedback that I was worried that me doing solo podcasts were going to be bad. I've gotten some feedback that people enjoy. So, you know, let me know um, your feedback. If you're enjoying the podcast, tell your friends. And it's only going up from here. Have a good new year. And I'll see you next year. <laughs> next Tuesday. Take care. I've been